during the Fathers and Families of America 21st Annual Conference held in Los Angeles in February of this year, I had the opportunity to have a brief conversation with Lynn Johnson, who's Assistant Secretary for the Administration of Children and Families in the Health and Human Services Department, and also with Clarence Carter, Director of the Office of Family Assistance in the Administration of Children and Families. You will hear that conversation after we come back. Side note, in the beginning, I inadvertently referred to Clarence Carter as Clarence Thomas. And yes, I did apologize. God hour, 
The morning I wake up, just for the breath of life, I thank my maker. My mom say I come from hustlers and shakers. My mind building on skyscrapers and acres. He said, take us back to where we belong. I try to write a song as sweet as the Psalms. Though I'm the type to bear arms and wear my heart on my sleeve. Even when I fell in God, I believe. Read the days and weave through the maze and the seasons so amazing. Feed them and raise them. Seasons are aging. Earthquakes, wars, and rumors. I want us to get by, but we more than consumers. We more more than shooters, more than looters, created in this image so God lived through us, and even in this generation living through computers, only love, love, love can reboot us. Oh, Come on. wake up, everybody, no more sleeping in bed. That was John Legend, Wake Up Everybody, featuring Common, The Roots, and Melanie Fiona. Lynn Johnson, uh, tell, tell us uh, your title and what you do. Thank you. My name is Lynn Johnson. I'm the Assistant Secretary for the Administration for Children and Families in the United States Department of Health and Human Services. That's quite a mouthful. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Clarence Thomas? And I am uh, Clarence Carter, uh, Director of the Office of Family Assistance um, in the Administration for Children and Families. And I, I, I work with Assistant Secretary uh, Johnson on family-related issues. Uh, Ms. Johnson, uh, tell us about uh, your capacity or your, your responsibilities. There are a lot of responsibilities, so I will make it a little shorter because we'd be here for a long time. Mm -hmm. But in, the, in a very short mission statement, it is to take care of the well-being of the most vulnerable of people out in our community, whether it be poverty, child abuse and neglect, child care, Head Start, human trafficking. And with that mission, being able to work through government systems, the community, faith-based groups, corporations, to help strengthen the communities and neighbors so that people are strengthened by everybody. Okay. And if I could add what is so interesting in that, um, Assistant Secretary Johnson administers a portfolio of 60 programs, okay? Um, and, but, but what she has brought to that is that these should not be viewed as individual programs, that the Administration for Children and Families should be an enterprise for human well-being. And so she drives us to work across our silos because the problems that we are trying to address are connected in whole problems, just like the people that we serve are connected in whole people, and they don't exist in the silos of our programs and our government stuff. Mm -hmm. And so her, 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 her leadership fostering us to, to think of ourselves as an enterprise and how those dots connect, it, is, it makes the whole greater than the sum of its parts. Okay. What do you see are some of the biggest challenges in what you try to achieve? Absolutely. 
the challenges themselves are people created. It is the siloing of programs, the siloing of funding, the process of moving funding toward the person-centered or the family-centered areas. So I think that those barriers, as I said, are people created. They can be people solved, but at a, it takes time. So those barriers are probably my biggest frustrations because I like moving to action and getting things done. Um, wrong seat at a federal level for moving very quickly. But in the reality, we can, with others, community, state, local governments, everybody working together, we can make change happen. It's just a different mindset. It's one of those things if we say we can, we can. Mm -hmm. If we say we can't, it's not going to happen. And the number of times I'm told, oh, that will never happen, just makes me want to do it more. When I look in the eyes of those that are hungry, scared, abused, homeless. So we're on the right track as far as being person-centered, integrated, and working with others. If just the federal government had to solve the problems, it wouldn't happen. If just the local government had to do it, it wouldn't happen. But together, I think we're very strong. And I think that holds up the dignity and the respect for the human lives that we expect. And, and it leads to the issue that has us here today for this uh, Fathers and Families Conference, okay? Um, under Secretary Johnson's leadership, we see that these problems are solved the best at the community level. And so what we believe that we should be is a catalyst for the community to understand and to solve the problems. And so organizations like uh, Fathers and Families, okay, that's doing the work on the ground is what we have to support in order for the stuff to get done. These things are not going to be solved by some edict from Washington, D.C. that says, so it shall be done. Mm -hmm. It will be solved by, as I said, engaging our whole society and empowering um, communities to start with the individual or family to be able to solve the problem as opposed to the program-centric model that we, that we currently operate under. So how did you uh, come connected with uh, Fathers and Families uh, Coalition? So, so, so um, uh, we, we have in the Office of Family Assistance, which I administer, we administer the Healthy Marriage and Responsible Fatherhood uh, Program. It is a, it's a grant program and it's $150 million annually. That is, a half of it is authorized for grants for um, marriage-related programs, and the other half is for responsible fatherhood programs. And so James uh, Rodriguez has been a leader in the fatherhood movement since there was a fatherhood movement. There's a, there's a, there's a song, I was country when country wasn't cool. Well, 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 James was fatherhood when fatherhood wasn't cool. And so um, we, we, we know him from his leadership in the field. And so that's, how we, that's how we know fathers and families. And just to move a little bit further, um, what we, the importance of our being here is about the issue of the essential nature of fathers in American society. Um, inadvertently, we have built a system, a human services system, which focuses on mother and child, really to the exclusion of, of the male and fathers. Yeah. And so I think our society has lost an appreciation that father is essential 
to the health and well-being of a society. Right. And, and, and so we have been charged to try to be a catalyst to, to advocate for the issue of the essential nature of fathers. And that's what we are trying to do through our Healthy Marriage and Responsible Fatherhood. And so we, um, we, we convene with that leadership you know, all, all across the country, and we're trying to drive this issue um, hard into public consciousness. Um, are there, uh, I'm sure there are other conferences similar to this across the country that try to uh, make a change in, in that, uh, I would say, environment? That, uh, there, 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 there are. Um, mm -hmm. And in, in fact, um, last June, um, we had mm -hmm. our first national fatherhood convening um, in, 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 in Nashville, Tennessee. And we brought together more than 600 individuals who, who are practitioners, who are academics, who are, um, uh, um, who are interested in the issue of fatherhood. And um, we will actually have our second national, um, national conference. We are currently working on, um, on getting the date um, arranged. It will be probably in early October of this year. But there are, all across the country, there are other organizations like Fathers and Families. Now, I would tell you that um, this is one of Fathers and Families is one of the largest father-serving organizations in the country. But there are many of these that are sprinkled all across America because, again, this is fatherhood is essential, and we have to have both a ground war, we have to build do this from the ground, mm -hmm. and we also have to have an air war. So another element of this is an aggressive uh, uh, media campaign, again, talking about the essential nature of fathers in, in our society. Um, Secretary Johnson, you talked about bringing different groups together. It, uh, that's not an easy chore because a lot of groups want to keep their um, identity. You know, they, uh, and how do we go about letting them know that you, do, you don't lose by collaborating, actually you gain by collaborating? One of the key pieces that we're working on and we find very, very important is that vision of a true north, of that strengthening of a family, of a child being better and living in a healthy family and thriving, of a dad thriving, of a mom thriving, of the family in itself thriving in a neighborhood and a community that thrives. And without doing this together, that doesn't happen because each of us own a piece. It would be like saying I could do something with just my arm and not have the rest of my body. And so we talk to everybody about here's the mission, here's the true north, here's the root causes, who can own what, and how together do we do that. We find that we eliminate duplication, we find we have more resources, we also find more hope. For the people that we serve, we don't do for, we do with. We ask questions, we listen loudly, we try to find out what is root cause, what's historical cause, what's the culture issue, and then do we get out of the way? to help make things more successful? Do we get in the way in a bigger way? Do we change some of the things that we're doing? We are not there to say we know all the answers. We know communities know their answers to their communities. How do we help them do that? How do we respect the individuals that we serve and their families? And that's when people jump on board. They want to be in. They want to be part of that team. Right. And, and just to reinforce, it really does start with that kind of collective vision of what are we trying to accomplish as a society. 
we're not having a conversation with an individual program. Mm -hmm. We are laying out a broad vision for the health and well-being of the American society. And it's not like there's not enough work to go around. Okay? <laughs> um, and so when you lay out that broad, compelling vision and you say, everybody join in this, okay, then it's not about you know, whether or not, whether you're preferring one entity over another, bringing everybody to the party to, mm -hmm. to, to, to solve some of the most vexing problems in our society. Yeah. You know, I was telling a, a gentleman just after lunch today that this conference should have, a, I would say, a minimum of a thousand men <laughs> here to learn, uh, to get ideas, to share ideas, to share solutions um, about how to address those issues in the community. And I think that, you know, the work that you guys do, the secretary and director that you do, uh, will help foster that, yeah, I, that, idea. that idea. That, of, that, that, uh, that is absolutely the idea. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and and if, if we convene a thousand here and a thousand in Florida and, a th you know, on and on and on, there, there was years and years ago, there was a commercial, I think, for a shampoo. And the commercial, it would... Um, the, the tagline was, and so on and so on, whatever the, the thing was, and it would, the screen would keep breaking into broader, uh, broader groups of the same person, okay? It's just expanding from the one to the many. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the way we look at the problems that we solve are from the many to the one, mm -hmm. as opposed to from the one to the many. Uh, and so if we are, change our approach, to one being what's our overarching vision, and then saying the way we achieve that vision starts with the individual or the family. Mm -hmm. It doesn't start up here, okay? Mm -hmm. Then you start with the individual or family, and you say, what do we need to bring? What are the kinds of supports that this individual or this family needs to grow beyond the vulnerability mm -hmm. that, that they present to the system? We, we, we talk a lot about growing capacity to reduce dependency, okay? We don't want to just, you know, from a housing perspective, just give somebody a housing voucher. We've not solved the problem, right, okay? Right. We want to help them be able to provide housing for themselves, mm -hmm. okay? You know, we talk about we want to grow people beyond poverty, not just provide them stuff as long as they meet the criteria to. This, this ought to be about lifting people beyond the vulnerabilities in which life uh, has for them. And I'll add on to that because I've done thousands and thousands of conversations with people in poverty, people struggling, and no one says to me, just, they want that dignity. Right. And so part of my vision that I know Clarence yeah. also has is that we start with dignity and respect for the person that is telling us what success is to them. And by listening to that, that's when we pull the team. And if we had been doing things right by taking all of our knowledge and applying it in a government way, we wouldn't be talking about this today. Yep. My goal is 20 to 30 years from now, I don't want people having the same conversation right. and saying, well, we keep doing the same thing in human services and we keep having the same conversations. Dignity and respect, in my opinion, is a right to every single human person. Yep. And how we help someone move to that stage, we've taken a lot of that away for multiple reasons, all with good intentions. It's time now to say, you tell me, and I'll serve you. And, and it's working. And just because someone finds themselves in a economically, socially, or developmentally vulnerable circumstance, 
that doesn't make them somehow lesser than. Right. It simply makes them, you know, people in our society that life has happened to when they have challenges that they need help overcoming. Right. And so this notion of beginning with the dignity and the value of every human being. That's right. Okay. So believing in them. Okay. And then from that belief, know that they can be the captain of their own ship. They simply need to have supports to help them uh, help them do that. That's that's uh, needs to be the vision for how we move forward. I think we also ask people to do things, and then we have a culture of no. So they start moving five steps forward, and we say, well, you can't do that, and you can't do that, and you can't do this. Where another part of my role is to have that culture of yes, all the way through the federal government, all the way through state governments if possible. Let's start figuring out the answers instead of, mm, doesn't fit in that rule. And let's figure out what we need to get rid of. We have a president today that is willing to get rid of rules and regulations that get in the way of success for the most vulnerable people. If we don't take advantage of that and people don't tell us what's in the way, shame on us. We get one shot at this to help people move forward and we sit in a seat, we better do it. And that's our goal, is to move forward and get all these burdens. I've been in this field a long, 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 long time. And the burdens have been the biggest frustration. Right now I have a boss that's telling me, turn over the rules and tell me what's in the way that doesn't get you to success. I need more time, but we're working on it every single day. If I could turn over 100 of them, I would do it tomorrow. What, what, is there one, or not just one specific, but if, say you just picked out one, what would that be? I, I can't, I'm not going to think right <laughs> off the top of my head, but it would be something that would say, you need to fill out these 15 forms and these 20 pages to get this benefit, and then for this program, another 15 pages, mm -hmm. and then another, and all of those eligibilities require you to be something different. Mm -hmm. To me, that would be a burdensome group of rules that totally set someone up not to be able to get anything. And, 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 and I would add, there's a, there's a term called the... the economic cliff in exactly. the programs that we serve. So if we believe that work is a pathway beyond, to, to self-sufficiency, and so in that we would want you to earn you know, what you need to earn to make your life work, but yet if you make $5 more, we're going to remove a benefit because that's another rule mm -hmm. that, uh, that we didn't think about in concert, and so we ask people who are in economically vulnerable circumstances to make ridiculous life choices, right. okay? Right. And, and literally, that's baked into the system. So no, why would I uh, work to take that raise in the job when that raise is going to earn me, you know, another $3, but I'm going to lose $25 in my right. housing benefit or my child care benefits, right. okay? Absolutely. So, so it's that kind of stupidity <laughs> that is literally baked into our system. Mm -hmm. And so... And we're attacking it. That's, right. that's exactly right, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I really appreciate uh, you guys uh, taking this time out for your busy so schedules. Uh, Secretary Johnson, Director uh, uh, Clance uh, Carter, um, it's just, uh, I, I know you have a full schedule and a lot of work to do. Uh, I just appreciate that you're able to spend the time with us. Thank you so much. We are here to serve, and I just hope that message gets out. Amen. Our Thank pleasure. You. Thanks. Thank you. This is the Alvin Galloway Show here on RadioPhoenix.org. One way you can support Radio Phoenix is by becoming one of our members for as little as $35 per year. 
members receive discounts, savings, and other benefits provided by our membership program partners. And don't forget the membership fee is tax deductible. For more information or to sign up, call 480-829-5746 or go online to radiophoenix.org. Click on the support tab at the top and then become a member on the drop-down menu. We thank you for your generous support of Community Radio. You're listening to The Alvin Galloway Show on RadioPhoenix.org. The COVID-19 coronavirus has taken another great Manu Dabonga, the jazz great, best known for his 1972 hit, Soul Makosa has died from complications from coronavirus, according to a statement on his official Facebook page. And quote, it is with deep sadness that we announce the loss of Manu Dibongo, uh, Pepe Groove, who passed away on the 24th of March of 2020 at the age of 86. And uh, as a tribute to his memory will be organized when possible, the statement says, because of the virus that has gone around. The Cameroon-born singer and saxophonist died in a hospital near Paris, according to his music publisher, Thierry Duripere. The artist who inspired the world music, quote-unquote, in the 1970s was one of the pioneers of Afro-jazz and also fused funk with the traditional music from Cameroon. His biggest hit was the B-side of a song to support the Cameroon soccer team in the African Cup of Nations, but was picked up by New York DJs. And we're going to play that for you now. Osoma Makusa Angela Mama ku mama sama ku makusa Mama ku mama sama ku makusa Mama ku mama sama ku makusa Mama ku mama sama mama makusa Hiyo Amuna yeye, amuna yeye, si se ya, 
Samakusa Aha Simbana tangadi wo ubusa tangana in Samakusa week at the age of 86 we salute you Manu Dubongo from the Cameroon uh yeah that's the jam we're gonna hear a little bit more from him uh, a little bit later here on the Alvin Galloway show radiophoenix.org
cut by amber mark what if what if yes what if
out your own backyard before you check out someone else. Railroad track in my neighborhood. Ain't no trains around that bar, just ain't no good. I wanna know what's going down. On the corner, looks like the sharpest cat in town. Jungle rule, can't be no fool. Might get caught by the hook of a crook, hard time for cool. Look out, Jake, what you say, what you carrying, brother. I hope you're clean, cause the man is mean, but don't come another further. We'll come out in time. I might even carry some of your load right along with mine. Thank you, man, Mr. Please, cause I must be Hercules. I must be Hercules. Like a bird on the wing. I just wanna be free enough to. My thing, I can feel the pressure from every side. If you're not gonna help, don't hurt, just pass me by. Hercules, that's uh, Aaron Neville coming to you on the Alvin Galloway Show. And before that, we had Harlem, uh, the brother Bill Withers dropping it down pretty hard in the black mecca of Harlem, uh, giving some truth back in the day. 
All right. Stay tuned for more. Are you still haunted by that old love that's hanging around your driveway? Is your front yard cluttered with the remains of an old romance? Are the neighbors starting to shake their heads because you just can't let go? Then it's time to get rid of that old car, boat, motorcycle, or anything else with a motor. And no, we are not taking your lawnmowers. For a tax deduction for you and a charitable contribution to Radio Phoenix. Now, for more information about Radio Phoenix's CARS donation program, just call 1-877-919-7749. Again, that's one 1- Eight seven seven nine one nine seven seven four nine. Radio Phoenix and your neighbors, thank you in advance. Absolutely. This is Althea Long, and you're listening to The Alvin Galloway Show. Stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up. The Alvin Galloway Show, Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. for conversation, music, and culture. And tune in to The Althea Long Show. It's a music mind walk every Sunday at noon to 2 p.m. right here on Radio Phoenix. Say something, say something, oh, 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 say something, oh,
Yeah, sometimes you got to say something. And that is Jordan Rakei. Rakei. I believe that's how you say it. It's R A K E I. Somebody can tell me. Say something if I said it wrong. But yeah, many times you got to say something. If you see something going on that's wrong, say something. If you see something going on good, say something. Encourage uh, your fellow man and woman, your neighbor, whoever there be, whoever it may be. As, uh, you know, they say, you are your brother's keeper. Well, your sister's keeper, everybody's keeper. Take it upon yourself to say something. You can say something by filling out your census form. Yes, the 2020 census is going to be, well, no, it's not going to be. It is happening. And it makes a difference for everybody and everybody should take part in the 2020 census because it's ka-ching, money involved. Ka-ching, money involved. It helps your schools. It helps your children. It helps the programs in your community. It helps your legislative, your congressional seats, and everything that impacts your life kind of revolves around the census.
Manu de Bango, Africa Boogie, here on the Alvin Galloway Show. You know, it's some jamming songs that brother had made. It just gets your soul up and moving across the floor and your seat, tapping your toes, just jamming. Ooh, I got these headphones on and I was just, if you could see me now. <laughs> Working up a sweat here on the Alvin Galloway Show on RadioPhoenix.org. The late, the great, Manu the Bango. I just came 
couldn't say it any better than John Legend said it. Each day gets better. I just can't let her go. And we're going to end uh, with that great song here on the Alvin Galloway Show. We'll see you next Sunday from 2 to 4. Be blessed during this week. Be safe. Uh, wash your hands. Stay your distance away. And uh, we're going to keep praying and moving through the week. Hey, do me a favor and let me know what you have been doing since you've been uh, staying inside, maybe only uh, self-quarantine or doing your social distancing. So drop me a line on my Facebook page, The Alvin Galloway Show. Look forward to hearing from you. Again, as I always say, today is a great day to make somebody's day great.